Your attention, please. <laughs> the Walt Disney World Railroad, now boarding for a scenic trip around the Magic Kingdom. Board. Well, Brad, I guess it was a pretty slow week. Not much happened. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know if we have much. <laughs> you went to Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, and we haven't talked about it at all. So you should start talking right now. I have to. I have to assume that that's why, like, you've been pretty radio silent <laughs> since I got back. I'm like, uh, is Jeremy mad at me? And I'm, and then I thought, no, he's just he's trying to avoid asking a bunch of questions yeah. about Star Wars. Yeah, and that's what because that's what he wants to hear about. So yeah, let's yes. talk about it so that way we can we can actually start. We didn't even have a pre-show discussion this time. We literally started the call and said, "Okay, well, let's just start recording because we knew we wouldn't be able to talk about anything without talking <laughs> about this." So Star Wars is cool. Okay, um, so I I want to talk about the hotels a little. <laughs> yeah, so they. My my preview was from 1 p.m. to 5 p.m. Mm-hmm. And I will tell you that I had to be more or less kicked out. The Disney, <laughs> the Disney version of kicked out, which is we just slowly start closing things down. Oh, really? And have a bunch of cast members standing there kind of limiting where you can go. And eventually you'll all get funneled out. I was somewhat hoping that... They're, you know, they might go straight into another preview because we didn't have wristbands or anything. And I'm like, well, no one would know which preview I was in very easily. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think the plan was, you know, just close the whole thing down. And I do think they had another one that night, but I, I maybe they had like an hour of downtime between to make sure like there was, was six no crossover. to ten. Yeah, yeah. So and that it wasn't it was not very busy all things because i mean there were plenty of people there uh disney hires a lot of people and you you realize that when you're at one of geez i think they had two weeks worth of like a week and a half or two weeks worth of previews multiple previews per day let's remind everyone you were at cast member preview not annual pass holder preview so you were even at the at the smaller one right yes yeah yeah because annual pass holder previews there's there are a lot of annual pass holders. That doesn't surprise me. It just, and like intellectually, I know there's a lot of cast members, but I don't really know there's a lot of cast members till I do something that's, that's cast member specific. And I see how mm-hmm. many of them are actually there. It was really cool though, because a lot of people were, um, star Wars bounding. Let's go ahead and call it that. Cause you know, Disney bounding is a thing. And this was star Wars bounding in, in that, you know, they, it, I don't. I don't want to say people were dressed up in costumes per se. I guess cosplay would be would be a thing there, but it's not like I saw a bunch of Princess Leia's, right? I just saw a lot of people who looked like they would fit in in the Star Wars galaxy, which I thought was super fun. But it made it really interesting to me because one, uh, there's so many things that we we can we can discuss about uh, Galaxy's Edge. But one of the things I loved about Galaxy's Edge. And I'm I'm hoping, hoping that they can keep this up. Like, I know it was easy to do with a relatively small crowd. I don't know how well it's going to transition to everybody is suddenly coming in there. But the amount of 
uh, cast to guest interaction was mm-hmm. awesome. Like they had uh, one of the first order generals was like walking around and and talking to people. You would see the stormtroopers coming out every so often. Ray, so we saw Chewbacca like run past us at one point, being chased by uh, stormtroopers, and then at at one point there's this girl who's like running in a rebel flight jacket and i thought that's kind of weird because these people are all cast members they we all know that we're not supposed to be running and why are you just running randomly it wasn't somebody who was actually disney bound or star wars bounding i guess this was somebody who is actually a part of galaxy's edge and later i found out is featured in the the new galaxy's edge book which uh i definitely want to go and read now because i want to see how all of this stuff works its way into the into the star wars canon but she's like running through and then the first order lieutenant general whatever he is sees her he calls the stormtroopers over sends the stormtroopers after her they're running through and like all of this, it, it wasn't, we didn't walk in and get a list of showtimes for things. This was just something that just started happening around us. It's just serious streetmosphere. Yes, yes. Very, that's exactly what I thought of when I saw this. Is I'm like, there's just streetmosphere going on everywhere. But what I really enjoyed about it was it wasn't limited to the entertainment cast member, right? Like there were, there were people who were, picking up garbage who would who suddenly started asking us if we were carrying coaxium because if you're carrying coaxium you shouldn't be in this area and you better keep your head down because the first order general is right over there and then you know and and they are understanding of the resistance but the you know that guy's not going to be understanding of the resistance at which point one of the one of the girls threw in but you know a man in a uniform always looks good so (laughs) Just like random stuff or getting stopped by one of the people who is managing the line to get into Ogus Cantina uh, because you have Mickey ears on and they want to know why you're wearing two sets of ears. Are you a droid? Where do you come from? (laughs) Oh, you're from Earth. Oh, Earth is that weird planet. Like they worship a mouse. Doesn't that seem kind of odd that you guys worship a mouse? (laughs) Like this is the this is the kind of interaction that was going on constantly across multiple cast members and just continue to sell that whole you're no longer in Disney's Hollywood Studios when you enter this area and i was astounded at how well they siloed that whole area off i knew i i definitely still knew where i was but i couldn't see slinky dog coaster or uh, Tower of Terror or, you know, anything to to clue me in that I wasn't there. And I couldn't hear things mm. that made me think that I wasn't there. Essentially, Galaxy's Edge is like Pandora cranked up to 11 is what it feels mm. like to me. So what was the entrance like? The like entrance the tunnel that you walk. Yeah, through? it's that's kind of a weird thing, but it works. And I I say that it works because it the you know essentially they just have it turning a corner there and so it starts out as a tunnel but the other side of it is more just about halfway through it turns into a much more natural tunnel 
in that, you know, more like in a cave, basically. And from the other side, it's much more like a cave than it is a tunnel. So mm. inside of inside of the Muppet Courtyard, it makes sense. It doesn't really stand out or anything like that. But once you're through it, you don't look at it thinking, well, that's not that doesn't look like it belongs in this. It it looks completely natural and because of that turn. You can't see from one into the other. Mm. So it's it's just and then it opens up. Now, the the one thing that I will say that's going to be kind of weird, I think, initially is when you walk through that tunnel, the first area that you enter is a speeder. No, not a speeder. What's the the hover car? There's that. There is an X-Wing um, with, the, with the wings closed. And that's... There's like a, an outdoor shopping thing, you know, one of, the, one of the small stands. And that's pretty much it for that area because that's also where the Rise to the Resistance attraction is going to be. And like they've got the the entrance built and everything. It's got the fast pass sign. All that all that stuff is done. And they've for now just put the you know the the moving fo- foliage walls. <laughs> they've got yeah. those sitting out in front of it. So <laughs> I so, saw somebody call those the Disney cloaking devices. Well, there you go. So the so Disney cloaking devices are currently in front of that. So that feels a little bit um, I Spartan, I would say. And now, when when I was in there, they they were doing photo pass in front of in front of the dude. This sounds so bad. The car. <laughs> I I swear I will remember as soon as we are done recording. And I think they and they, they yes they did they had another photo pass opportunity in front of the the X wing, but that was pretty much it for that area. And then you kind of walk a little bit further and down another deal, and that's when you come into Black Spire Outpost, and that's where everything feels much more alive. So it's, that's kind of awkward, but I guess it also serves to give you more time to transition yourself from Hollywood studios to black Spire outpost. I'm not sure how it's going to work coming from toy story land, uh, just simply because that wasn't open. So I didn't get to experience, um, that side of it, but it, it all worked really, really well. Uh, walking through those different areas. Uh, the real-time follow-up, it is called the Is Land Speeder. Thank you. Thank you. Land Speeder, yes. Yes, Land Speeder. So you get into Black Spire Outpost, and just, like, the theming, man. The theming in the shops, you know? Like, you, you go into the, the creature shop or whatever, and there's a cage with something in it right there in the middle uh of the of the shop and it's like moving it's asleep but you can see the the belly you know and the the tail is moving and things like that or you go into the the big temple museum place which is i think where they were doing the the lightsaber builds or whatever um which i these workshop yeah i so i don't know that was weird because i thought savi's was like a junk area right and this didn't feel like a junk area so maybe maybe there were two different because they they had some lightsaber stuff available there, but um, like it was just they had heads mounted on the wall of different uh, creatures that you had seen in Star Wars, and then you look up into this really intricate design on the roof, and 
as you walk in the door, there are these reliefs against the wall of like Jedi fighting and, you know, like looking like they're carved out of stone or something like that. Just all of the detail. And then they've got, they've got creatures there that are suspended in, in tubes, right? Like clear tubes. There was one that was, I just, I can't remember anything now. Uh, the thing that Jabba's going to feed the people to off the sand <laughs> uh, skips. Oh, uh, that is the Sarlacc. Thank you. The Sar- so they had a Sar- like a miniature Sarlacc, and you could look in there and see, like, essentially it was, it was a cutaway. So you saw just the Sarlacc mouth above the, above the, the sand, but then because of the cutaway, you could see the rest of the Sarlacc underneath. And you could actually see the organs inside of it moving hmm. Be- because, because they wanted it to, they wanted it to feel good. They wanted it to feel real. You know, I, there was a, the bathrooms. Okay. So where the bathrooms are, there was uh, also the bathrooms are themed, which is, which is cool. Uh, but where the bathrooms are, I assume that I think, I think there's a lot more sh- uh, streetmosphere type stuff because there were stage type areas set up and either we weren't hitting them at the right times or not a, not everything not all of that was going yet but it, it, there's a bunch of droids right that are sitting over uh, against the wall and like I said it's it's clearly somewhat of a stage area a very small stage area but there was a door that you couldn't go through to get to to get through to get through to these droids but it's like a droid repair area right and that's really cool to look at and you're taking pictures of the droids and i'm just i'm I'm sitting there and suddenly i look up and i realize that in this area in this area alone all of the lights that are strung above you the the uh covers to the lights are old droid heads Hmm. just the just the tops of droids just Again, to to make it make sense, to make it feel natural. And, you know, you walk past a pipe and you can hear water or whatever it might be flowing through the pipe. Or maybe you hear something clanging in the pipe or something like that. And walking through the, the queue of Smuggler's Run, when you go through, the radio is always playing something different, but it's never something that you've heard before. And it's... Just it feels totally random, but somehow still seems at home in this place that's totally not like anything you've ever seen before. Man, this makes me so excited. Yeah, yeah. It's I all that I all that I know is as much time as I spent, I still don't feel like I really I don't I don't feel like I've seen every part of it. You know, I like the droid uh, the droid building thing, I only saw that through a doorway this trip i didn't even go you know try to go in and take a look or anything like that um i still haven't get i still haven't seen oga's cantina i did get to go to docking bay seven is that what it's called mm-hmm. cargo cargo mm-hmm. bay seven docking. i don't know the okay docking bay seven um and go eat lunch there which was extremely tasty it's a little on the pricey side for you know i had the the shaka roast which uh disney's nice enough to go ahead and say that's pot roast that you're going to be eating with mushrooms and (laughs) you know they're they're like well people probably want to know and 
I got this big hunk of pot roast and did not need a, did not even kind of need a knife. Like so tender cut with a fork and everything. Um, also cost me $19. Oof. But yeah, so I, I, (laughs) it's, it's hard to recommend, but, uh, for Hollywood studios for quick service, I think it's great. And, and for even outside of that for quick service, it's a, it's a really cool option to have. But the pricing trends a little bit more toward, and I think that might have been the most expensive thing on the menu. Um, I really wanted to go try the the Ronto Roasters. I think it's called. Yeah, that's the one with the Pod Racer engine. Yes, in it. yeah, with the Pod Racer engine and the robot that is sitting there turning it, which is so cool looking because the because <laughs> the robot's just sitting there turning it, and he'll slowly turn his head to you and make noises and things like that, and just keep right on going. But, uh. In the in the restaurant, right, the menus have the different drinks that are available. And the drink symbols are the drink symbols for Coke, Coke Zero, Diet Coke, Sprite, Powerade, you know, all of those things that Disney serves at all the quick service restaurants. But you look at it and you realize it's not actually that, that symbol because the writing on it is just gibberish, right? Like yeah. It it's reminiscent of the symbol for those those different sodas, and you can like you can tell what it is, but at the same time, it is it is an alien version of the the Coke logo, or the Coke Zero logo, or whatever. So just those those little touches, man. When you sent me that picture, I you know we we kind of talked about that, but you what you said really I think nails it on the head. It's complete gibberish, but you know exactly what they are. Coke, you can tell in a second that's Coca-Cola, even though Arabesh is a made-up language. You can tell in one second that's Diet Coke. There's no question what Sprite is. There's no question, you know, everything. Even even they have Coke, Diet Coke, and Coke Zero, and all three of those are immediately recognizable, even though there is absolutely no English anywhere on the label. So I think that's pretty dang cool. Yeah, and and... As I left, I was looking at my my guide map, which did not did not handle too well on the for some reason leaving a map in your pocket for hours on end isn't great for them. <laughs> like it's still completely legible, but it's got plenty of wrinkles on it. But I'm going to be holding on to that thing, no doubt. Uh, I noticed on the back of it, there's actually a cipher, a way to decrypt. Like this symbol is an A, this symbol is a B. So now I want to go back just to go and find all the places where I saw those symbols. To find out what they wrote in all the different hmm. areas, um, because I have a I have a way of decoding it now. Um, so there's that that whole aspect. Like I feel like there is so much for you to do there, and I really, I kind of wondered, you know, would I need all four hours when the crowds were, you know, might be crazy, but they weren't going to be as crazy. And yes, yes, I need all four hours. I need more than all four hours because hmm. you know i have to go look around i had to go drink the milk which mm. uh yeah so i <laughs> i i did you, wait did you try both the alcoholic and non-alcoholic I did. milks i did okay i tried i tried green alcoholic and blue non-alcoholic so i pretty i i've tried to limit myself to knowing very much about Galaxy's Edge, which is really fun when we, you record a Disney podcast 
to the, say, but I really don't want to know very much about this thing. So I didn't know a lot about a lot of stuff in there, but I had heard that the blue milk was better than the green milk. Mm-hmm. And that's I had, a, that's what I've heard. I had people there tell me, in fact, the person who was, who was, you know, kind of guiding you to the next available spot at the milk stand also said, I prefer the blue milk, but what did Brad have to do? Nope. We've got to try them both. So blue milk and green milk it was. And I am here to tell you the blue milk is so much better. So yeah. much better. I, I like mean, you the, can just kind of read the ingredient list and tell the blue is going to be yeah, more tasty. Yeah, the blue, the blue just has good, like the green isn't a bad flavor. It's just like, it's more aroma than flavor. If that mm. makes any sense at all. It's all citrus, right? The green. I, I can't even, I don't even really remember what was in it. Just like, and, and I will go ahead and tell you, I didn't try the blue alcoholic. I would, I, I probably next trip will try the blue alcoholic, but I will say the green alcohol, like the difference between the two non-alcoholic, I think is $7, which is a lot for that little bitty cup of, of mm-hmm. milk that you get, but you've got to get it. Cause you got to get that photo op and all that stuff. Um, I see a trend forming. But then it's $14 for the alcoholic version wow. of that milk. Twice yeah. the price. And I and here's the thing. I I drink socially at mo, you know, like I might have a drink le- I I definitely have a drink less than once a week, right? But I drank that green thing and i would be hard pressed to number one point out the i believe it was tequila in that one where i could taste it and i definitely even though you know i wasn't like i would i had just eaten a big meal or anything like that didn't really feel any effects and for seven dollars i might want a little bit stronger uh stronger beverage so my recommendation is just go with the non-alcoholic um uh, you know, and I, I realize that I do say that, as I said, I'm probably going to try the blue alcoholic next time. You're probably going to be better off just going with the non-alcoholic. Save yourself the seven. You know what? Take the seven dollars and just try the green milk or just get two blue milks and you'll, <laughs> you'll probably have a better time. So. But yes, team team blue milk all the way, dude. And I don't know why I had to try it when everyone had said that, you know, green blue was going to be better. But I just had to know for myself. We are now, gosh, oh, we're probably like 20 minutes in here, and we haven't even really discussed. That's all, that's all Galaxy's Edge. We haven't even discussed Smuggler's Run yet. Right. Which gets me to the one thing that I can't wait to see on my next trip. Hondo. Oh, no. Was he yeah. covered in the tarp? Oh, he was in a box, my friend. Oh, there, was a, there was a random box sitting there. So I can I can report for you that there is a B mode for the attraction, and the the B <laughs> mode does work. Uh, it's a at that point it just becomes a video, and Honda's like, "I'm sorry, I couldn't be there with you." And I'm thinking, "I know where you are. You're you're yeah. inside that box." Uh, I did talk to uh, I did talk to some people who said that there was a point that day uh, during you know just during our visit time period, so that four hour period where not even the video was running. So, oh, wow. But um, yeah, I, 
I didn't get to see him, which was which was disappointing. But I did get to do Smuggler's Run six times. So you did it six times. Six times. Wow. Which, which maybe is the reason why I need to spend more time in the rest of uh, Galaxy's <laughs> Edge. But like the wait time for the last three, no, the last four times of it was probably just the amount of time it took for me to exit, walk all the way through the queue again, which it's a very long queue, but walk all the way through the queue again, go through the pre-show, go get my little tag, line up, get back. Like there was, there was really no wait, which was Mm. awesome. And I think has now created a really big problem for me because I really like smugglers run, but I really don't see myself waiting you know, two and a half hours more than once for that attraction. Mm. So the, again, the queue is great. There is, there is stuff to like, I actually appreciate the first time we went through, it was a 50 minute wait in a 50 minute wait. We got to go through the entire queue, which somewhat concerns me. I'm like, where's it going to go when it's a, you know, a uh, 150 minute wait. Mm-hmm. But I assume they have a plan for that. I there was a there was a little bit of queue left, but I would bet the 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 version of the queue that I saw couldn't hold more than seventy minutes, maybe. Um, hmm. If we if we were in a fifty minute queue, so the first time we were, you know, we spent a lot of like I think it was pretty close to fifty minutes that it took us to get there, but we got to go through the queue slowly, which you know. At some point, there will be fast pass available. I would recommend yeah. if you can if you can convince yourself to take the time. And I know I do know that waiting in line just stinks sometimes. But taking the time to actually go through that entire queue and be stopped so that you can be forced to actually just take that all in and take in all the little things that you're going to see throughout that queue, you should take that time. And and to hear the the random discussions that you're going to hear over the intercoms, you know, I again did six times. I don't think I overheard the same thing twice the entire time I was walking through the queue for for Smuggler's Run, which was pretty impressive to me because that was over a pretty long period of time too. So they're like, there's people talking over the intercom that you just overhear. Yeah, yeah, like they're talking back and forth. Um, at one point, I remember uh, somebody say, you know, calling Hondo and being like, uh, there's a guy here who says that a bunch of this stuff is illegal. Do you want me to go ahead and throw it out? Because he says we're not supposed to have it. And then Hondo, you know, <laughs> comes is comes back over the intercom. I don't know why he came in here, but of course we don't deal in any smuggled, uh, you know, stuff or something to that effect. But like. That was one. And, and then another time it was a discussion between two workers. Like, but it's not as though you're overhearing somebody's conversation like you're standing close to them. Like it's two people talking back and forth over an intercom, as you would expect in, you know, a place where it's not a huge business and, you know, two people are in different parts of the building and are trying to figure something out. So it, it all makes sense. And like there are, there were things that, you know, four rides in, I was still noticing new stuff in the queue or, you know, noticing even like the stuff in the exit. The exit has some 
has some cool little things that I mean, I'm not even going to like, I don't want to spoil it for you, but pay attention as you're going through the exit. Like I get how badly you want to get out and get onto the next thing, but take in the exit. The exit has stuff in it. So just like all around, this was well-built. And I will say that one thing I kind of had an issue with was the waiting area. So after you go through the pre-show, you are given, you know, the, 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 the ride vehicle holds six people and two people are pilots, two people are gunners and two people are engineers. So they, so after you leave the pre-show, they're like, okay, you two are pilots. How many are in your party? You two are gunners. How many, you two are engineers, so on and so forth. And then you enter this waiting area and whatever the, the tag that they give you has your position and what color you are. It's like, so you've got a red tag or a blue tag or a yellow tag. And when you're in that little waiting area, that's where the, uh, the hollow chest set is mm-hmm. and all sorts of, you know, there's all sorts of stuff to, to look at because essentially at that point you're in part of the millennium Falcon. Um, and at some point they'll say, okay, can I get red team over here or blue team over here? The first time I missed my team, like completely missed my oh, team no. getting called. Yeah. Now they, Oh no, it wasn't, it wasn't a huge deal because they just, you know, moved, moved me into another team without, without, you know, a, a big deal. But like I was paying, I, at least I feel like I was paying attention and <laughs> somehow I got, I got left behind. And in the other times I tended to hang out more toward the, toward that area because again, everything was moving so fast. There were so few people going through that I knew my team would come up really quickly, but they did like, depending on the cast members, some cast members really called that out. Other cast members, it was like red team, red team. Okay. I need red team over here. I've got my pilots. I've got my gunners. And I'm thinking if that person is over on the other side of this area with all these people talking, they're not hearing. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out when it gets really full with they don't you have know, a microphone or anything? No, no, no microphone or anything like that. Or at least they weren't using one that day. I don't know. Maybe maybe uh Hondo's issues went to the microphone as well. So, you know, that's really cool. And then you're you go, you get on the attract I it was it was somewhere between Star Tours and I would say in some ways mission space. I mean Except Star- what you what you push and and stuff actually actually makes a difference yeah and it and that is that is the thing that is difficult for me is not only does what you push make a make a real difference um people working together makes a difference well let me tell you ultimately what makes a difference is whether or not you have a good pilot like if you have a good pilot and you're an engineer you have a lot less work to do because the pilot isn't hitting so much stuff and mm. if you're a gunner and you have a good pilot, it's easier because the ship isn't going all over the place. So it's easier for you to get a lock and to shoot at something. Right. So it, it really kind of all goes from the pilot back. But everybody has something to do. And at the end, you're given a score, man. And you give me anything that gives me a score. And that is that that is the thing for because then I got to go back and see if I can get a better score. And I got to go back and see if I can get a better score. And I got to go back and see if I can get a better score. So that is perfect for making me want to do this one attraction, a 
ridiculous number of times. So I assume you got to do all of the stations. I did. I did and engineer did, three times, gunner twice, and pilot once. Did you get a multitude of different scores? I did. And, yeah. And did you uh, hear all the different or a bunch of different, uh, I guess, things at the exit about uh-huh. how you did oh, reprimanding you oh, for this was, wrecking so, the Falcon? So this was beautiful. One of the times I was an engineer. By the way, the ship was at a hundred percent. Our score was horrid. Because <laughs> the people who were flying and gunning, like, okay, so a couple of things here. Gunners can be set to automatic or manual fire. In automatic, you just, you push a button and it fires. Now, you still get scored on your accuracy based on whether or not you're actually shooting at anything. But there's, there, you know, it's still like only somewhat accurate. So if you really want to get your best score, you turn on manual fire. And then there are three buttons, one to shoot up, one to shoot in the middle, one to shoot down. Again, this is where if you have a good pilot, you can be shooting at the middle. If they're going all over the place, it's like up, middle, down, up, middle, down, up, middle, down, trying to keep that TIE fighter, you know, where you, where you need it to be to actually shoot it. But these were people who had no clue. And somehow the gunners had turned it on uh manual firing and we're just kind of shooting all over the place and the pilots were hitting just about everything they possibly could so like i said ship was at 100 percent. engineer did his job everybody else not so much and was the <laughs> lowest score though i did actually hear from one person they got a negative score and i don't even oh know how that's possible but congratulations to them anyway horrible score we get out and yeah, all of the, all, you know, I heard all the stuff, but what made that probably two out of the six, it was one of the two best exits that I had. And it's because the cast member came in and he was wearing his glasses, right? He had, he had actually taken his glasses and knocked them completely like wonky on his head. <laughs> So and he walks in and he goes, I felt all that. And we don't have seatbelts back here. <laughs> it was just, it was oh, so awesome. awesome. Like just a perfect thing. So yeah, I, I got to see all the things. The other one was uh, a cast member coming in and going, Hey guys, that was great. That was really great. And he's like, no, I'm being serious. That is one of the best scores I have seen today. In that case, it was four people. You know, it was a bunch of people who had clearly done this multiple times. But what's what I thought was so cool is the people that I was in there with, like, I didn't know any of them, had never met any of them, didn't even talk to them in line, right? The this one one like the 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 two actually the we I had two really good runs. And on both of those, like I said, I did I did not know those people prior to walking in and sitting down. But it was awesome how quickly like everybody is cheering for everybody else. Like, oh man, yes, yes, you totally got around that guy and you didn't hit him. All right, get behind him, get behind him. Go, Gunner, go, go, go. Shoot, shoot, shoot. Oh, watch out, watch out for that. Like, just the the way that this ride for you know can cause you to work together as a team and and, and without just tell you know, it doesn't it never straight out tells you that's how you need to work, but it does work better that way. And and it the 
just how it happens organically, I thought was extremely cool. You didn't have any like uh, people who were just there to sabotage. I guess I guess you wouldn't at cast member previews. Um, I, I think that may be a little bit more of a an issue when it's open to the public. Yeah, but even then, I mean, you're going to have to be pretty committed to sabotage to wait in line for 90 minutes or whatever just to sabotage your run. What if there was a First Order cast member who rode in there with you and sabotaged the whole thing, and then at the end, they were found out? Now, that would be awesome. That would be incredible. If your engineer just was doing terribly and... They were like, everyone in the thing's like, what are you doing? Right, they're the just, they're just the sitting end. there hitting every button that isn't the button they're supposed to hit or whatever. Right. And at the end, they're like, oh, he was first order. I, 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 could, I, could, kind of, I could kind of see that. I, I kind of want to see that now. So, <laughs> oh, man. The moral of the story is Star Wars Galaxy's Edge is awesome. I'm glad. I cannot wait to go. Especially after all the all of your your praise, I cannot wait. I can't wait to go back. Is there anything else on your mind? So there are a few other things that I just want to get to really quickly. I understand this episode is going really long, <laughs> but I there were a couple of things on this trip that stood out to me that I wanted to share with you guys. First of all, mousekeeping gift card is still a thing. Oh, nice! It's not something that they're you know like. You just have to know to ask or know to say, I'm, I'm turning down mousekeeping, and then they will give you a gift card. Now, that said, I still probably wouldn't recommend it if you were taking a long trip, but you know, if you're going to be there for two nights, uh, a $10 gift card is great to have. So, is that $10 per night? No, no. It was $10 total. But oh. eh, $5 per night, you know, I, <laughs> I, I can stand not you know, like hanging up my towel so I can reuse it and not having my bed made or making it myself if I want it made um, for, for money in my pocket. So that is my favorite thing about mousekeeping every time I've ever been is they, so they, they have a thing that says like, you know, please help us save energy. Oh, that never never does anything. (laughs) No, but with the thermostat, like Claire and I always put it on like 72 or 70 and mousekeeping constantly turned it down to 68. And I was like, I know they're told, you know, always set it back to 68. But they were, we wanted it warmer than what they were doing. And we, they, were, they were turning it down lower than we had it. And I just, I always thought that was funny because we were trying harder than they were to save the environment. Well, and uh, conveniently, with the thermostat at least. if you're not trying to save the environment, there is a override for that thermostat that allows you to set it lower and in case you haven't noticed there's also on on all of those thermostats they have this little white thing that's a motion sensor and when it doesn't sense Mm -hmm. motion it lets the it lets the temperature go up more right because it says they're not in the room it doesn't have to be as cool right now if you override it that more or less goes away as well Hmm. so I can't, re- I can't, uh, honestly cannot remember the exact button combo, but if you go on Google and you search for Disney World thermostat override, there are plenty of videos and everything. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's actually like built into that thermostat model, which is used by lots of hotels. But I thought that was really nice because 
I, on the other hand, want it to be like a meat locker when, when I'm trying to go to sleep. So that I was able to set it to 65 instead of 68. And it was able to go to 65 and keep me at 65 instead of rising to, you know, 77 in the middle of the night, I thought was wonderful. So maybe, maybe if you set it, it will also hold you at 72 better. I don't know. Um, you could give it a shot. <laughs> anyway, sorry, I didn't mean to derail you. Oh, no, that was actually the next thing on my list was that thermostat oh. over because I was excited to find out that I could override that dadgum thermostat. Because I, I think for some reason, like the motion sensor doesn't seem to detect me at night and maybe I sleep too stilly or something. And I feel like it always gets really warm at night for me. So also Disney is I I hesitate to talk about this because they might not make it a thing, but I also want to talk about it. So hopefully they'll make it a thing. Uh, they had this cast member chat thing that was available in the app. You know, it said that they were beta testing it and I was staying at one of the resorts that was offering it. I know that it's not at all resorts because I talked to somebody else staying at a different uh, location that didn't have it. But what it what it basically did is in that more tab of your uh, My Disney Experience app, it gave you a little box that said chat with us and you tap it and then you have instant message with a cast member. So Mm. I use this because. You know, I was planning on doing fireworks at the at the poly um, on the beach, but somebody had told me, you know, I think that they are they're limiting that to guests only. And I didn't want to go and, you know, get turned away or even worse, go be sitting at the beach and then get my band checked and get told I have to leave or something like that. So I just, you know, I thought, well, I could check Google, but I've got this cast member chat thing. Let me see if this actually like what can this actually do? Because I know it's supposed to be something for your resort stay or whatever. So I opened up cast member chat and I said, Hey, you know, I'd like to go watch the fireworks at the, at the poly. Um, am I allowed to do that? And very shortly later, I, I had a message back. Yes, you can absolutely do that. And I'm like, what time are the fireworks tonight? Because it was the, the uh, Halloween fireworks. And, you know, a, a little bit later, there was a response telling me what time they were. and how to find that for myself on the My Disney Experience app, which I, which I did know, but it, like the, the new fireworks, the, the way that they were worded, it was kind of unclear if they were talking about fireworks or the entire, uh, the entire not-so-scary Halloween party thing. So that's why I just wanted to like double-check. And then, and then I'm sitting there going, you know what? I don't know. Should I go to the contemporary? Because does the poly... Like, I know they used to pipe music, but do they still pipe music? So I popped it open again. And I'm like, do they put, you know, is there music at the Polynesian if you go to the beach to watch the fireworks? And a little bit later, yes, absolutely. There are, you know, I've checked and there. They do still have music being piped into the beach. So it's just super convenient. Hmm. And, and, you know, it's the kind of stuff that, like, I, I feel okay asking in a chat. I'm not going to call and wait on hold to ask if they're, you know, if I can watch fireworks at the poly, like, right. Just not going to spend my time doing that, but it's a, it's a great thing for just those little questions that I'd be absolutely willing to type out and, you know, and I can wait 30, you know, if it takes 30 minutes for me to get a response, not that other than, you know, if you're outside of the, I think it's 12 AM to 8 AM that it's available. 
you're not getting a response outside of that. But inside of that, I don't think I waited more than maybe 10 minutes to get a response to anything. Did you get a push notification when you yes. got the response or did you yes. have to open the app? Nope. Got push notifications on my on my Apple Watch. You know, it popped up. So if you have an Apple Watch, it'll pop up there, assuming you've allowed notifications to it. Uh, barring that, it's going to pop up on your, you know, on your lock screen, give you a little buzz. So really some like felt very, you know, iMessage sms to use it that's that's pretty cool yeah so i really I like that, that a lot yeah so those were the those were the other things that i felt like i just really quickly wanted to get in there um it was an awesome trip i did get to go to interventions only to realize that you know what interventions has actually been gone for a while like there are there are two things open in interventions at this point um so it was sad, but, you know, I got to get a couple more pictures, <sighs> walk through, remember it the way it was, headed over to Electric Umbrella, got a couple of pictures with Push Push. Um, I'm sure, I, I, I don't know. I say I'm sure. I sure hope Push Push gets to go somewhere else. And I also got to go to Club Cool and choke down some Beverly and remind myself that melon soda is awesome. And needs mm-hmm. to be available Amen. stateside. So you know what? Like I had the the Beverly, like it still has that. The Beverly still has that aftertaste that gets gets me just a little bit. But I honestly think that the Sparberry or whatever it was tasted like that stuff was like medicine or something. I think maybe I would argue that's worse than Beverly. I totally agree. Beverly is not even close to the worst drink on that on that uh uh soda fountain it's 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 in the it's in the bottom 50 percent. i'll give you that but like i said that stuff was that that was kind of medicine oh man whirlwind trip super fun go see star wars galaxy's edge uh and hack your thermostat so you can stay super cold (laughs) or super hot whatever It, it i think that actually allows it to go warmer too like maybe that's good for two nights in Orlando all year long, but hey, it's two nights. I think that'll do it for this episode. You can follow us on Twitter at MTM Podcast. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash MTM Podcast. You can visit us on the web at missingthemouse.co. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. Until then, have a magical day. Bye.